Welcome to Life Without Secrets. Do you often find yourself comparing your life to your friends on social media? You see the glamour, the success, the perfect family, the perfect kids, the awesome vacations. But what's really behind the highlight reel? In Life Without Secrets, we are going to dive deep and reveal the secrets, struggles, and strategies people have used in real life to get to who they are now and who they are becoming. Because the truth is, nobody is perfect, and you are never alone in what you're going through. So don't forget to subscribe to the show, because it's time to connect on a deeper level and grow together. Welcome to another powerful episode of Life Without Secrets, where we dive into the transformative stories and wisdom of individuals who have overcome tremendous challenges and discovered and reemerged with passion, purpose, and are stronger than ever today. Today, we have the honor of introducing our remarkable guest, Louise Ashby. As a best-selling author, TEDx speaker, mindset mentor, and transformation coach, Louise is passionate about empowering individuals to overcome their challenges and live extraordinary and abundant lives. She has become a powerful advocate for those with facial differences, spreading awareness and fostering a culture of inclusivity and acceptance. During this episode, Luis will share her inspiring story of resilience, courage, and finding strength in the face of unimaginable adversity. She will reveal the tools and practices that enabled her to rise above her circumstances and create a life filled with purpose, joy, and abundance. Prepare to be captivated by her story, motivated by her wisdom, and empowered to embrace your own potential for transformation. Luis, welcome to Life Without Secrets. Hi, I was just going to say, I'm not going to say anything else. Let's just do my thing. Great to be here. You are so remarkable. Thank you so much for coming on the show and being willing to get vulnerable. I think that, you know, we can all learn from each other and through our own obstacles that we faced and overcome. So I would love if you could just start by sharing your own personal journey and kind of your life altering accident and what was it like before, during and after. So I grew up in England. Um, I lived, my mum and dad divorced when I was very young and I lived in a home where it was very uncomfortable. I witnessed a lot of things that I, that a four-year-old shouldn't witness. Um, It was very scary. Um, I think I got PTSD when I was four. (laughs) Um, And one of the things that got me through everything, because my dad in the entertainment business was that I wanted to be an actor. And so every time something awful happened, I would think, it's okay, it's okay. Soon you're gonna move to Hollywood and be an actor, (laughs) I'm four. So that all happened. And then my mom got sick when I was 16 and she had leukemia and she was divorced. So I became her sole caretaker, basically her nurse, her best friend, her advocate, I mean, just, everything. She was my everything. And, um, you know, when she got sicker and sicker, I kept saying, it's okay. You know, soon she'll be better and I can do my acting and blah, blah, blah. And in between, I was doing the odd job here and there, but nothing major. Um, and then she passed away when I was 20 and she was only 45. And it was at that point that it's really strange because I was the kid and the teenager that was always very emotional, always very oversensitive. I would cry a lot. Um, I was very empathic. 
Um, it wasn't till later in life I know why all, of, all those things. So, you know, I basically when she died or when she went into the coma, all her friends and people were coming out the room crying and her boyfriend crying. I don't know what happened, but I was just like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I'm like 20 years old. It's okay. She's not going to be in pain anymore. It's okay. Um, and I went home and I was like, she's not gone. I just can't see her. I know she's here somewhere. And that was what freaked me out the most was just like, but where is she? Like, is she all around? So, you know, basically then was when my spirituality was really born. And I found a lot of books on her bookshelf that had helped her, you know, with her journey through leukemia. And one was by a woman called Louise Hay. Do you know Louise Hay? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So it was a book called The Power Is Within You. And there was another one called You Can Heal Your Life. And she was basically one of the, um, well, she was the first person that I read that talked about positive thinking, about the power was in within us to what we put out, we get back, that kind of thing. And it was amazing. And then I said to myself, okay, well, if I book two commercials in the next few months, then I'm going to move to L.A. And because I was in that mindset, it happened right away. And so I moved to Los Angeles and um, I was so excited. All I could think about was this is it. Now um, I have to use this time positively because she'd be proud of me, blah, blah, blah. And I got there, I met with agents and they all said, oh my God, you're leading lady material. This is amazing. I met with this huge Hollywood casting director and we got on really well. We decided she said she'd be my earthquake buddy. I had no idea what that was. It kind of was scary. I was like earthquake buddy. Um, and she's a huge casting director. And she said, you know, you're leading lady material, but so much you're going to be overexposed. But I want to give you a part on Beverly Hills 90210 this was the original, that's how old I am. And, um, and you're playing a strange student. And I was like, oh my, I thought this is it. Uh, it's happened. I'm on the way. And um, then, so that was about four weeks after I'd been there. And then two weeks later, I had a convertible and I was so excited at having a convertible. In LA. Yeah, in LA, sun actually, the roof actually off, not like the convertibles in England where they're on the whole time. Uh, I was driving home and like I was on my road. And then next thing I woke up in the intensive care unit, like 10 days later. And uh, my modeling pictures were around the ICU wall. My dad was there. My sister was there. My grandmother was there. My stepmom, like all these people were there. And this is the weird thing. I didn't ask why. I dreamt about the car accident the night before it happened. Um, yeah, but it was basic. I dreamt that I had a car accident and lost all my hair. Um, so I wake up in the ICU and everyone's freaking out because I'm awake and they were told it was, you know, I was going to die. Because I guess the night of the accident, I had 11 and a half hours of emergency brain surgery. I won't go into the details why, what happened. I basically lost the left side of my face. Uh, the optic nerve in my left eye was severed. My eye was pushed to the back. Um, my brain, I lost the front left lobe of my brain and some of the front right lobe. Um, so they were sure that they were like, it's 
it's a done deal. She's gone, basically. But Like you were going to be a vegetable if you survive. They were like, yeah, or a vegetable, yeah. They, they said there's no way she's going to get through this. They called my dad in England and said, you need to get Concord if you want to see your daughter alive. And, yeah, so, I mean, that's huge. Um, so he gets there, and then the first thing I said was my best friend was sitting next to me, and she said, um, I'm just here. I'm sitting here, and I'm reading a book I found at your house. And this was 10 days after I'd been in a coma. I I woke up, and she was reading, and I looked at her, and I go, oh, can you read me the dirty bits? And she was like. That was the first thing you said? That was the first thing I said. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so she calls in the doctors and everything, and my dad and everybody's crying, and I'm like, why are they crying? What's happening? I was told that my pictures were on the wall so that they could get everything symmetrical in the surgeries or to decorate it. They said, we're decorating the room, less antiseptic. And, you know, when you've lost a chunk of your brain and you've got a shunt and everything, you don't kind of go, hang on a second, that doesn't make sense. But I found out later it was so the doctors could see what I actually was supposed to look like. Yeah, so that was a life-changing event, like big. Um, When I saw myself, nobody would give me a mirror. um, But when I saw myself in the mirror for the first time, everyone was very tense outside the bathroom door. I knew that there was something wrong with my face just because people couldn't look at me. They were looking at the like people that, you know, are close to me. Um, and I don't know why, but I was just making joke after joke. I don't know if it's because I felt so much love. And I really believe that that is what gets us through anything is just being surrounded by that and really appreciating it. And if you don't have those people around you, do it for yourself. You have to really love yourself and you're worth it. That's the other thing. A lot of people are like, oh, no, I'm not worth loving. Yeah, you are. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. We're all worth loving. So I go in with my best friend to the bathroom and uh, I had my head down because I was like, I don't know what it is I'm going to be looking at here. And um, they had just taken the staples out of my head. They told me I had no hair because they handed me a bag of my hair. How weird after that dream, right? So I'm in the bathroom and my friend's standing there and I look up and what I saw, I mean, (laughs) it was one of those things. It's like, oh my God, my dreams are gone. My life is over as I know it. Who is that? Or in my, what is that? Um, How have I let people look at me while I've been here for the last, you know, however long I should have had a sheet over my head, like just, oh, it was horrendous. It was horrendous. It's, you know how you get told in life, oh, you might, you know, lose a job or you're going to lose a parent at some time or you're going to get divorced. Nobody says one day you may wake up and you've got no face. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm the only person it's happened to because it's not at all. There's people all over the world who've gone through these huge, huge life-altering challenges and circumstances. So I see myself in the mirror and I just collapse on the floor. And my best friend said that she couldn't, she wanted to hug me and say it's going to be okay, but she knew she'd be lying. So she was just hugging me. She goes, I'm so sorry, Lou, I'm so sorry. And on the floor crying. And then I have this memory of my mom and how strong she was and how I used to kind of not understand 
why it was so difficult with for her having lost her hair when it was for a reason and when it was, you know, for something to get better. Um, and then I see myself in the mirror with no hair and just staples and scars. And I was like, I get it, mom, I get it. And um, I fall on the bathroom floor, I'm just in floods. And then I hear my dad's voice on the other side of the door, like choked saying, Louise, are you okay? And I just lay there and I thought, okay, this is the deal. I had said to myself, okay, so I have to make a choice and I have to do it right now. Either I just let this take over my life and be miserable and think, okay, well, that's it then. Or <laughs> I take a risk, I face it and I go for it. I just go for it. I don't take, I'll do whatever it takes to get back in, to get in front of the camera. So it was that acting dream that was like, I will, you know, I've moved to America, you know, I went through like all of these things. This is what's meant to get me through everything. You know, so I, I made that decision. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. So now I've said that I'm going to do it. I can't turn back. Now you made this decision. That's it. And so, you know, that's what I did. And so how was it navigating? Like, you know, cause I, I was there too in my own journey, right? Where like you come to this place in your life where you you have this path or this this path over here and you've got to choose. And it sounds like it's easier said than done, right? Like even when we choose that path, it's it's rough. So tell me like what that was like for you. What how did you find the strength and courage to then go down that path and what what did it look like? So my mom was so strong when she was sick. She had cancer for five years and she didn't want my younger brother or sister to ever see her sick. So even when she was really sick in the hospital, having chemo, whatever, we'd have to prepare for them coming in. She'd put like a, one of those, when people have no hair, that kind of turban, which I'm very accustomed to myself. And she would, you know, have us put some makeup on her and they would come in and she'd be like, hi, pretend she was feeling great. And I just thought, you know, and she didn't like the fact that kids were sharing a ward with adults who had cancer too. And so she said, I want to have a charity and raise money to build the children here their own wing. And after she died, somebody donated, some guy was dying and he had no kids or anything. And he donated all of his money to her charity and then a ward has been built in that hospital. My mom's name is on a placard outside. You can't go in because all the kids have got air filters and she wanted like characters painted all over the walls for them, all of it. And I just thought, this is the purpose. This is the purpose. So, you know, with all of her going through that and having to leave three young kids. And so when I was lying on that floor, I was like, she did it. She did it. Like, who am I to think I can't do it? I've got to at least try. Then hearing my dad's voice and everything, it was like, I cannot put my family through any more pain. We just lost my mom. So that was one of the big deciding factors. Um, and then, you know, going home was very scary, leaving that actual hospital because, because it becomes your safety net. It becomes, you know, that's where they saved your life. So that's where you're safe. Nowhere else is safe. Um, and it was when I was leaving the hospital in the wheelchair, you know, they wheel you out. People were staring at me 
And then I was like, this is weird. So had my head down. And then, you know, I don't know where this came from, but when I got home, I would do things like I would sit in front of the mirror with a magazine and I would hold it there so I could just see the right side of my face. And then I'm blind in the side now. So then I would hold it here, but where I could just see, and I would see the completely disfigured, like my eye, my eye wouldn't open, my eye was white and in the back of my head, blah, blah, blah. And I would really look at it and go, it's okay. I'm going to, you will be whole again. You will have nothing to hide. You are strong. This tells a great story. You went through this. I'm not going to let this dictate our life. You were, you were connecting with yourself with, on that deeper level, letting your heart send that message to your brain of love and compassion and kindness to yourself. It's really important to do that because, you know, when you're hit with these huge, huge challenges, like anyone with an illness and accident, there's so many, you know, people going through these incredible challenges and it's like, you can get through it. You can, but there are things you need to do to give you as much strength as possible. So I knew that if I was to go through this, because like four doctors said, there's nothing we can do. It's too severe. Um, I was like, no, you will. And they were like, no, we can't. And I'm like, but I'm an actress. You have to. And they're like, never seen anything like this. Sorry. You have to think of a different career. And I was like, I don't think so. (laughs) When I found the doctor that said it was improvable, not fixable, I was like, I'll take it. Um, And so if I ever found myself in the day going, God, this is really like, I go, okay, Louise, you've got 10 minutes, 10 minutes to get it out, to get it out, to cry, feel sorry for yourself, whatever it is. And then you have to get back into positivity because if you let any doubt or fear or it may not be possible come in, then you, you know, that's it. It won't. Um, so that also meant that because one of the things is when you look in the mirror and all of this is changed, but you still feel the same, you're hit with, oh my God, this isn't real. This is my housing because it's this that's real, you know? And so, and also what I saw, the face reflecting back at me was all of the pain and the trauma that I had been through in my life up until then that I had never spoken about was now looking back at me. It was now on my outside. Like I was looking at this kind of monstrous, like painful. So everything is literally coming from the inside out now. And you're going through this process of now healing yourself, even from your childhood. This is bringing up everything for you. Because it was one of those things that I knew that In order to not have people around me be uncomfortable, I had to be comfortable with myself. Now, how can I be comfortable with myself? You know, I have an eye patch, you know, glasses when I go out, whatever, but I've still got this eye, right, that people can see. And I'm thinking people, when we look at somebody, it's their eyes we look into. And you can tell if their eyes are dead or if their eyes are sparkling and happy, or if they're sad, or if they're cold, whatever it is, you can tell through the eyes. And I thought, in order for me to succeed with this, 
I have to eradicate any past pain, trauma, fear, insecurity. And so I really went, you know, I did a deep dive into the things that needed healing. And that included, you know, people in my life that I couldn't have in my life anymore. I couldn't have any doubt around me at all. You know, it was just, it, it, it just wouldn't serve its purpose to, I mean, I was kind of nuts in the de- <laughs> to the degree that with my career, I thought, okay, I'm going to send in my old headshots to agents and I'll just tell them that, you know, I can do Star Trek and horror films while I'm waiting to be fixed. And of course, when I got to agents' offices, they were like, I'm sorry, who are you? And they're like, oh my God, what's this? I think the turning point was with the judgment from others and the bullying was I was with a girlfriend in Kmart and it was like two months after the accident and some woman started screaming at me and calling me a monster and a freak and that nobody wanted to be around me and blah, blah, blah. And I got so upset. I got so upset and my friend grabbed my arm and she said, let's go outside. We went outside and she looked at me and she said, Lou, that's not about you. That is about that person. Whenever anybody speaks badly to you, judges you, asks you to leave, insults you, whatever it is, you do not take that on because you are perfect. It is their insecurities and their pain. And since that day, that's how I've treated it. You know, when people would be rude to me and ask me to leave bars and all the rest of it, I'd be like, oh, here we go. And my friends would get really upset and go, I'm going to, you know, and I go, don't. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's about them. You know, these people that are so close to you, your mom, your friend, these people in your life is partly what gave you back your drive and let you know that you can do this. And it was through those connections that, you know, because we can believe in ourselves, but I feel like it's like natural for us to still question and need that permission from others, right? And I feel like that's where like connection is so important. And I love that you had those two people. Would you say that those two people helped to give you back your purpose and your passion? My mother's strength and courage definitely gave me the, Louise, pull yourself up. If mom can go through this, you can do this. Like miracles happen. Because of what you had been through in your childhood and everything, you were the one that was taking care of her to be by her side, to see what she went through, to witness her strength and her courage that you would then apply it in your own life, you know, not that much longer. She gave you that gift. Well, this is the spooky thing. In the morning of the car accident, I went down to my car because I had left my passport in it stupidly and my headshots and they'd all been stolen. And then my face went that day. So it's like my identity, my old identity was totally gone. Yeah. And the other thing is that I had written a letter to my mum that day saying, I miss you so much. I just want to be with you. So that's kind of, you know, I don't believe she was ever, ever away from me. I think we get help from the other side all the time. You know, I'm a huge believer in that. I have had experience with that. I have that gift. So that was something that really, you know, it's powerful. There's a lot of powerful things. It's also a lot of the 
the friends and taking care of, because I felt that I had to take care of my family and them being hurt and all of the rest. Of it. And so I just started making jokes. So then they thought I was, I'd gone crazy. They were like, she's making jokes, like it's funny and it's not funny. I was like, you know, but there were things like my dad would say, I said to him, oh, the doctor says I'm blind in my left eye. And he'd go, I can't talk to you right now. And my dad, stop. I have another eye. Relax. You know, that stuff just came naturally. It was weird because in my head, it was just like acting, acting, acting. You've got to get back to that acting career. And so it took 12 years, 28 reconstructive surgeries, 230 metal bolts and plates, five eye surgeries, three brain surgeries. I was determined the whole time. I learned lots of different practices and tools to help me get through. Got my first job on a film and I thought, this is it. Cause you know, this is what had got me through everything. This is what made me fight through these surgeries, get back in front of the camera. And I'm in the uh, makeup trailer and Eric Roberts, the actor comes in, it's like five in the morning and they've just put my makeup on and he sits next to me, which is my bad side. And he goes, wow, are you in the death scene? And my heart, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing here? And I said, no, this is, <laughs> this is my face. And he was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I go, it's fine. But it was that day that I realized I didn't wanna be on screen acting like somebody else because I had really grown to love myself. And, and I felt that I'd learned so much about myself that none of the past stuff mattered. And I saw now the purpose for my acting dream because you know, then I went on to write a book and then I went on to start a charity with my doctor for other people going through facial difference. And that's when I started basically coaching. And the stories I was told and the people I was able to help and, you know, just by sharing my experience and tools with them, I was like, why would I ever want anything like that? So a lot of times we think when something on our path suddenly goes, that that could be the end. It actually could be the beginning of something really incredible. If you just show up, just show up. Isn't that the truth? I totally agree. So you've done a lot of mindset work, and I think it's been a huge part of your personal growth and transformation from that point. Can you tell us about like your transformational coaching business that you have now? And maybe like, you know, what were some tools that got you there even? And, and what are some common things that maybe you see in, for other people and like what barriers, mindset barriers? Mindset for me comes from meditation. Um, and you know, a lot of the people that I was helping, they'd been through different things. Um, but all of them were huge challenges. I mean, listening to, you know, these women and men's stories, it was like, oh my God. But I somehow, because I understood the common thread, which was challenge, adversity, you know, our situations may be different, but the feelings and the fear and all of those things are the same. I was able, it just came naturally. It was really strange and I loved it. I loved it. I had the charity line in my house and I would answer it, you know, whenever it rang through the 24 seven. And uh, I remember doing a show once and I got 5,000 emails right after the show and I responded to every single person. And then I coached like 200 of them and their families. And that felt great. And I was like, this is what I want to do. 
Now, with regards to mindset, for me, the link is manifestation because with the right mindset, you manifest. And so because I was told I have the gift, um, somebody said, you need to go to the Psychic Institute um, and do their three-month meditation course because I didn't know how to meditate really. So I did that and we were meditating three hours a night. And what would happen is, yeah, so then I would be home in bed, I'm not joking, and you'd hear, hello, <laughs> like right by my ear. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to. Or people would start appearing and I'm like, this isn't cool. That's not what I asked for. I went back and I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to see it. And they're like, yeah, but you're just very clear now. So what was happening was I would think something and it would happen. Um, let me give you some examples. So one girl that I was coaching, um, she'd had an accident. She was in a wheelchair. And she said, you say that anything is possible and, you know, we just have to adjust. But how can you say that when I'm in a wheelchair and I want to be a model? And I go, so I said, well, who says a model has to walk? She was like, what? And I go, why don't you invent the wheel of what a model is? You know, and uh, she goes, I don't think so. And I said, just think about it. I'm not joking. I got an email five minutes later from a modeling agency called Visable Models for Disabled Models. And I was like, oh my God. So put them in touch. And that, you know, that happened. And then another time I was at the uh, the clinic and all the board and everything are like, oh my God, you'd be so good on Oprah and all of this stuff. And I was like, oh, it's my dream. I get home and the phone rings. And it was the Oprah show. And I was like, yeah, but this is where mindset comes in too. So that was amazing. They came to LA, they filmed at the clinic, but in my head, I kept thinking, it's never going to happen. It's too good to be true. It's never going to happen. So sure enough, we fly to Chicago and then 10 minutes before we're meant to go to the studio, it didn't happen. And I really believe it's because I then lost belief. I, you know, I put that out and the universe does respond. So mindset is important. And the way that I get to that is through meditation and um, is through, you know, we, I think our mindsets are our superpowers. And until you realize how powerful it is, you don't realize that you have a superpower because it's like, how do all these people succeed? They have a mindset for success. It's like, I will not give up. You know, I know I can do this. And it's like, how did I get through the accident and get to look the way that I wanted to or as best as I could with all those surgeries? I, I just knew that I would. And so when a doctor said no, I'd be like, no, you're wrong. I'll just find someone who can. And, um, and I think it's the same with, you know, career, with, with anything. And sometimes the things that we think are the worst things that happen to us can be the best. Mm hmm. Absolutely. I've had that in my own life as well. It is so true. Those are our most teachable moments in life. I feel I feel people have asked me, like, you know, if you could change something in your past, like, what would it be? And, you know, my mind goes to, you know, different mistakes I've made. But then I think and I'm like, yeah, but then I wouldn't have known this or I wouldn't have done that. And I'm like, I don't think I'd change it. I'm at the point in my life, just like you were saying, like where you learn to love yourself, you learn to like who you are 
and you're who you are because of what you've been through. And so I can't not like that either. And if you hadn't gone through what you've gone through and worked as well where you work, then you wouldn't understand the compassion and the empathy and have the tools to know what other people, you know, to have the conversations like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's actually it was my next question. Like what role does self-compassion play in your work or your personal journey? I can beat myself up so much. And then I get into that mindset of why are you doing this? I mean, you can just switch it like that. Why are you doing this? Um, so I think it's really important to have compassion for yourself because we're all doing the best we can. And if you don't care for yourself and love yourself and be gentle on yourself and um, know that you deserve all of this, then you won't be able to move forward because you'll still be in that state. So it's like, you know, there are tools to do that, like write a letter to yourself or to your younger self, like clients of mine who struggle with things that they went through earlier in their life. And they're like, I'll never get through it. I say to them, I want you to get a picture of yourself at the age you felt the pain the strongest or whenever it switched to being where you didn't believe in yourself or where you felt the most. And I want you to put that picture on your mirror. And so every day when you go into the bathroom and you see that picture, you can look at it and go, I got you. I got you, you know, I mean, I know it can be a cliche when people say, you know, find your inner child and all of this, but it's, it's more of a reminder of, I'm not in that pain anymore. I moved through it and I can help, you know, I've got you. We're in this together. I got you. It's that reminder of how far you've come. And uh, do you want to be someone that lives in the pain you did then? Or do you want to use it? to your benefit because we can't take away the past mm-hmm. and, and I think, I think that allows- as well is a huge thing forgiveness absolutely is huge, and that huge. is part of self-compassion and self-care yes. you know forgiving may be something you're really it's really hard for you to do to somebody that's just been so awful but you know I'm told that I'm too forgiving but I think it's important like you know the person in my life that was very abusive I got to the point where it's like you know what that's his struggle. Yes. That wasn't absolutely. about me. That's his struggle. I want to pray for him because that's the journey he chose to come on. And it's actually not about me. Yes. I, I, people ask me a lot because my dad kept me a secret until I was 18. And they, there's, they're like, do you have a relationship with him? And I'm like, yeah, actually, I have a, a good relationship with him now. And it's through my own journey and my own journey of working on myself that I came to that realization that you're just saying is that it really wasn't about me. It was about him and what he was struggling with. And he was hiding parts of himself and who he was and, you know, his shame. And that has really nothing to do with me and who I am. And so I can provide, I can give that forgiveness. So I love that you bring that up and I totally agree. And everything you just said about you, not everybody does do that. You know, so really honor yourself. I think you do. I honor you for taking those big steps because they're big steps to to go for, through that and not 
carried the feeling of, oh, it's because I was unlovable or whatever, even if you felt that in the past. I don't know if you did, but it's just about that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's and also... And hit me as well. I had to forgive you- yeah, yes, the yes. guy in the car, yeah, because I saw yes. him in deposition and he was walking in the door as I was walking out. I held the door open for him and he looked up at me, he's 80 something, and his eyes started tearing. And I looked at him and I went, It's okay, it was an accident. My lawyer was like, Get out there, don't say that stuff to him. I was like, He needs healing too. It's like, you don't do that. That's so powerful. Yeah. You know, you never know what the other person on the other side is struggling with. And that's why it's, I think it's so important for us to get vulnerable with each other, you know, and because like I feel so connected to you because, you know, I know your story and you've heard mine and it's like we can share in those emotions because we're all human. We all share those emotions. When you've been through something, you can tell when somebody else has gone and done that deep work. So what advice would you have for others facing kind of similar identity shifts? Identity shifts, challenges, all of those things. My my guidance and support basically is about if I could get through that, it showed me that we can get through anything because I was told it was impossible and I made it possible. And my doctors and everyone, they were like, that shouldn't have happened. That's mindset. That's whatever you were doing. So I believe that it's the same with all of us. And sometimes we just have to be gentle on ourselves, take off all of the negative and energy that's coming at it from everybody else, because then it comes at it from you and it's really confusing. Don't speak about it to too many people because then you'll get more energy put on it and energy is powerful. And you that's why I say you just want the positive. And to be really gentle on yourself, that is key, just really gentle. And if you need to cry, cry, you know, like there's so many different things. And right when it happens, you won't know the reasons why it's happening and you won't know the gifts that come along. And we are actually incredibly adaptable if we just stay open. Um, I think the keys to anything in life are surrender and acceptance. The minute you surrender to the situation and accept it, there's no more fight. You're just in solution. And so that's what I think is really important. And I love working with people because even though everyone you know, has these life-changing challenges, they're all different. And we don't realize how many stories we're carrying around that aren't actually real. There's somebody else's stories from childhood, it's their fears or whatever. Like if you, like I remember somebody saying to me once, I just would never be able to do what you've done and get through what you've done. I would have just killed myself or whatever. And I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I didn't talk to you when it first happened. But at the time, like I'm sure you say with your story, it's like, oh, well, everybody does get through it. We all have that strength, la, 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 la. And then you know, as I started counseling, I was like, oh, no, not everybody does have that same amount. But at the same time, all of our challenges are relative to us. Like it annoys me when somebody says, well, it wasn't as bad as what you went through. And it's like, that's not true. If it's feeling it's, it's bad for you, then let's make it where you feel good. 
like I think the biggest thing for me was realizing like on a deeper level what my acting career had actually been for. It was something that got me through so many life uh, challenges and it was all for that reason to get me to the place where I found it more important to share and, and help other people get to the same place too. So I believe anything is possible. I think with the right support and guidance and tools, you can do it. You can do it. And um, yeah, I've made it my mission to to do that. You have such an incredible, you know, transformational coaching business. Like how can people connect with you and then also like find out more about your um, transformational coaching and oh, well, how you help so many people? I've just relaunched um, – my business, I've put a lot more programs together, which is great. One, the big one, the 12 week program is the personal power program. And that's individual. And that's to, that's all the tools and over 12 weeks to get you through these challenges and to start getting um, direction, support, moving forward. We'd work together on the resources, on everything, clearing up old stories and things that hold you back. Everything has to be gone so you can move free. Um, so I'd like to offer all your listeners a complimentary transformation session. So they can get that by emailing me at louise at louiseashby.com. I will send them a calendar link and they can book it in and they'll get their hour transformation session. So we can just see, you know, where they're at, if there's any um, suggestions I have or resources I know of. Uh, when I coach with people, I think it's important to actually help them with the resources. A one hour transformational coaching session for free. So make sure you go to her website right now, lewisashby.com and email her from there. And then should they just write the podcast name or my name in the comments or something so that you know? Well, if you go to the website, well, when you click on the page, a free manifestation challenge comes up and you sign up and you'll get a ebook, 30 day free manifestation challenge with all the things to do and everything. That's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Also email me and tell me from the podcast and we'll get the calendar link and get you scheduled in. That's an incredible offer of you to do that for everybody. You are such a gift and I've like seen, you know, your feedback on what you've done and it's incredible. And I just want to let you know that you are so inspiring your journey and how you've taken that and just developed it into your purpose and how you're helping people is it's, it's beautiful. Like there's not even another word. It's just, it's beautiful. And I adore you and I, I feel connected to you through our, our stories. And I'm just so grateful that you came on here to share with us. When you really get into knowing how to keep your mindset clear, um, things just happen, like I said. So during COVID lockdown, I was on Zoom with a bunch of girls. We would have a Zoom every day. And I was talking about something. And then one of the girls went, oh, mic drop, Lou just did a TED talk. And I said, oh, don't, that's my dream, la, 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 la. And then two weeks later, I got an email from Ted asking me if I would do a TED Talk. I don't know how they got my address. I don't know how they knew my story. 
But that's what happens because I did it with such detail. I went home that night and I was like, could you imagine being on stage? How would it feel? What do you see? What do you hear? I mean, you have to really, yeah. And then it happened. It was crazy. So for all of you, if I, <laughs> I could learn how to do that and see the magic, I just want everybody to know how to do that because you can actually create the life of your wildest dreams. That is so cool. I'm going to call you for this transformational session too, because um, I need, I want to, I want to do that Ted talk too. <laughs> well, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I feel so empowered really. So I hope everybody has, is feeling empowered on this and use this as a powerful reminder that we have the capacity to rise above our circumstances, rewrite our narratives and create extraordinary lives. Unwavering determination, Luis, is just amazing. And to watch you commit to helping others and overcome their own challenges are just a true testament to the strength of the human spirit. We all know that when you've said something to somebody and suddenly their lights go and they're like, I really am amazing or I really can do this. There's, there's no better feeling. I mean, that's what we're all here to do for each other, isn't it? Life's hard enough. Let's just make it amazing. I think we're all made for each other. So my deepest gratitude to you for sharing your story and everyone be sure to connect with her through her platforms. Um, are you on Instagram or anything like that as well? I am. It's at Louise Ashby Inspirations. And I will be sure to include any links if you want me to include your email or website and your Instagram in the show notes. So everybody go check that out. Explore her work. Check out her generous offer of the free transformational session and tap into your limitless possibilities. So I just want to remind everybody that you're capable of rewriting your own story. Embrace the challenges. Believe in your potential. Step boldly into a life filled with purpose, joy, and abundance because you are not alone on this journey and there are endless opportunities for growth and transformation that await you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Life Without Secrets. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.